Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And my friend today on the line with me is Yvonne Conte of dayofjoy.org. Yvonne is going to be sharing with us some practical how-tos for overcoming worry. And during the next hour, you're going to understand how to develop positive thoughts, the three reasons you need to speak as if it already were, how to stop worrying and start living, five ways to change the way you think, how to speak to the demons so they will listen, and how to th- how what we think determines how we live. Yvonne is a great one to share this information because she is the recipient of the Zanta International Crystal Award, the recipient of Women in Leadership Award, and is the founder and director of the annual Day of Joy Women's Conferences. And again, the website for that is dayofjoy.org. Welcome to you, Yvonne. Thank you so much. I'm I'm pleased to be on your show. So thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to have you here and to talk about this uh, well, not so fun topic because worry is not something that any of us would say, oh, yay, I feel worried. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same but you know time, it's, some, it's something we, we all have to deal with. And I think exactly. it's the most crippling of all the things that uh, happen to us mm. in life. So I think if we mm. can get one person to understand how to deal with the worry and stress and cut it out of their life, then we've done our job today. <laughs> I love that. I remember reading uh, a Stormy O'Mardian book, and my kids were younger, and I was worried about them a lot. And uh, I read in there that whenever she felt worried toward her children, um, she would just praise them, and that and that that was her like wake up call. Like worry was a good thing because then she knew, oh, I'm supposed to pray right now. And that changed things for me because before that I always thought worry was a sin, that worry was um, something terribly bad, and of course it can be. But it also can just be a knock-knock of Jesus on your heart store saying time to talk about about this together. Well, when when, when did worry kind of bubble to the surface for you, Yvonne, as something that you needed to address? Well, I got to be honest with you. I've never ever been one to worry. I guess the Lord just blessed me with that because um, I'm always one that says, well, if it's not going to work this way, it'll work that way. And, you know, I I just have never been a worry ward and I've never been uh, a nervous Nelly or any of those things. So for me, worry was never an issue. I have a lot of other issues, but worry was never one of them. But I do know that many, many people, um, have to deal with it, and so that's why I wanted to be sure and put together a program specifically to help us to get over worry and stress by looking at what the Bible says about it. That's really interesting. So you, from a position of not having this issue, have come right. to a point where you can kind of see the difference, like what's the difference between how you're thinking versus how most people think, actually, because I, I, I feel like worry is a pretty um, common Concern. I think you're right. 
I have a perfect example, if I could just tell a quick story. Sure. One New Year's Eve, I'm sitting home alone, and I hear this crash. So I go out into my uh, kitchen, and I see that my kitchen window is cracked, and I think, oh, well, an icicle must have hit the window. So I call the insurance company, and they say, well, you know, just protect the area so it doesn't break through, and we'll be there in the morning. Well, I went upstairs to go to bed, and I thought, let me look outside and make sure there's no more icicles. And when I did, I found that it wasn't an icicle. It was the entire backside of my house, which was had fallen down, and it was all over the backyard. The soffits, <laughs> the gutters, it was a backup of ice that had really just destroyed my house. <laughs> so I put plastic and, and stapled it around the window, and I went to bed. Well, the next morning, one of my friends is a newscaster, and she called to wish me Happy New Year. And she, when I told her what happened, she said, oh, we have to come and, and take pictures of it and put it on the news because we have to warn people to get the ice and snow off of the roof. And I thought, oh, geez, please don't say my name because I want my sisters or my mother to see it because they worry a lot. <laughs> Marnie, that wasn't on the TV five seconds, and my younger sister called me. Oh, my gosh, I saw what happened to your house. What did you do? She was all a nervous wreck over it. And I said, Jackie, it's no big deal. It's just, you know, the, the insurance company will pay for it. And she said, well, what did you do? I said, I called the insurance company. I took care of it, and they're going to be here tomorrow. And she really was so stressed out and nervous over it. She said, I could have never gone to sleep if that happened to me. I would have been up hmm. all night worrying about it. And so this is the kind of thing I, I want people to kind of look at themselves and say, do I worry this way, and how does it help me? Because what I said to my sister was, Jackie, how is that going to help you by being up all night? How is that going to help the situation? And, you hmm. know, she, she said, I don't know, but I, I don't know what I would have done. Well, my feeling is the first thing we do is we realize that we have a greater God than any disaster. You know, so even though the backside of my house fell off, I know, first of all, I have insurance. It's going to cover it. It's not a big deal. But that's not the kind of thing that would make me nervous while some people get all stressed out over things like this. So when I see that even people in my own family are, are nervous like this, it makes me want to put together something that will help others to kind of find a way to overcome the worry and stress in their lives. Because, see, what happens is, I mean, I don't know about you, but when you get stressed and worried, it exhausts you. So now you're not just stressed and worried, but you're exhausted. And, you know, how can we be expected to accomplish anything for Jesus when we're all stressed out and worried and exhausted? So I think it's really important. I think worry and stress comes from an evil place. Mm. So when, uh, you know, you, you like to start with having positive thoughts, that's kind of the a starting point for you. So how, do, how does somebody actually uh, get from thoughts of, you know, worry to positive thoughts? How do you develop those? Well, I think we have to use our faith in God's word to kind of give us that kind of peace that you just carry with you all the time, especially in the middle of a crisis or, tor or turmoil kind of thing like that, like having your house fall off in the middle of the night. Um, right. <laughs> but we start... We, you start, I think, by paying attention to the way that you think. Like, you know, say, okay, today I'm going to walk through the day, and I'm going to really pay attention to my thoughts. 
So, like, are you walking through the day and you get a glimpse of you in the mirror and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm so overweight. I can't stand it. I can't lose weight. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't lose weight. Those are negative thoughts that just perpetuate the problem. So the first thing you have to do is is pay attention to the way that you think. Proverbs, um, I think it's 23.7, says, uh, or as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so I think that is exactly what happens. You know, wherever the mind goes, that's where our actions follow the things that we think about. So we really do have to change the way that we think. And I think the first step is paying attention to the way that you think um, so that you can overcome it. And then, I mean, we can go through, I have like a five-step process of how to change the way that you think, but um, yeah, let's wait on let's wait on that, and let's cover okay. that a little later in the hour. Maybe right now, maybe let's go back to kind of why, like the three reasons you need to speak as if it already were, because that's kind of a, um, you know, I would call that a faith statement. But mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. someone, you know, when someone's in a situation that's causing them worry, maybe the first mm-hmm. thing that comes to the mind is not a faith statement. So you're you are huge on okay, let's just. Let's just say yeah. something by faith yeah. in that moment. You know, I get, let me explain it to you this way. Um, I have a friend who has had some major illnesses in her family and and loss. And every single time I talk to her, that's all she talks about is the negative things that have happened in her life. And I might even say, well, how's the weather there today? And she'll say, oh, it's sunshiny, it's 80 degrees. And I'm like, well, that's a good thing. And she'll go, oh, yeah, but, you know, i got to keep the air conditioner pumped. I mean, <laughs> whatever you say, she'll turn it to something negative. So in her case, if I were able to coach her, which sometimes it's your closest friends you cannot coach, but um, if I were able to coach her, I would say start your day saying, Three positive things, even if they're not already true. Like, let's say you're trying to lose weight. So you would wake up in the morning, and the first thing you would say is, thank you, Lord, for making me just the way that I am. I know that I'm good enough just the way I am. And I know, Father, that today I'm going to eat uh, vegetables and fruits and lean meats, and I know that you're going to be right beside me so I won't be making any mistakes. I mean, you just you speak as if, you already have that willpower to lose those five or ten pounds, whatever it is. You know, um, you have to work it in an attitude of faith that I can do all things because Christ is right next to me. So I'm not going to wake up and say, oh, I can never lose weight. That's a negative statement. So you speak as if you already are on the way to losing that weight. Heavenly Father, you're with me today. I know I'm going to be doing great today. I can't wait to get going today because I know it's going to be a great day. Does that make sense to you? It does. I'm, I'm remembering um, I, I live in northern Minnesota. In fact, if you see a map of the United States, in the top of the Minnesota state, there's a little hook that goes up into Canada, and that's where I live. And so mm-hmm. in the winter here, it can easily get to 40, 50 below zero Fahrenheit, not including the windshield. And mm-hmm. I am not a lover of winter. A lot of people who live here really do like winter. That's why they live here. Mm-hmm. But I live here because my yeah. husband lives here, not because I like winter. <laughs> so I hear anyway, <laughs> I um I really struggled with hating, really literally hating winter. And one year I decided that every time I stepped outside in that cold blast of 
air or moisture or whatever would hit me, I would say one yeah. thing that I was thankful for. And I, it did not have to be weather-related. It didn't even have to be anything related to what I was experiencing. It just had to be one thing that I was thankful for. And that changed my experience so dramatically. Um, it was, that's it was a, shocking that's a, to me. Yeah, it, that's a it wonderful is. way it, to it, do. The, yeah. the power of actually taking your mind off of the thing that is causing you pain mm-hmm. and putting your mind onto something that's actually true. There's a lot yes. of value in that. And what I found, yes. what was interesting is that not only did my attitude change, I still don't love winter. I'll be honest, I, don't, I still don't love winter, but I don't mm-hmm. have the hate um, that I had for it before. And within probably a year or two of that change, then um, we bought uh, a car that has a vehicle that has four-wheel drive, and that changed winter dramatically for me. I did not understand how much I hated <laughs> it because how fearful I was when I was behind the wheel. And so I these see. things, but but it is a result of a change that happens. Um, this speaking as if it already were, maybe just go about it possibly the back way. What happens if you don't do that? What happens if you just give in to your feelings of worry or to hating something or always being sad or down? Well, here's the thing. When you when you think, even when you're just giving yourself a thought, even if you're not speaking the words out loud, whatever it is you're thinking generally brings about what you say. And what you say are direct instructions for your mind. So if you say, I just, can, I just can't get out of debt, you're instructing your mind, and then you start acting. And I know some people will find this so hard to believe, but it's so true. If you... Let's say you are in trouble financially. If you wake up in the morning and say, oh, I, I'm, I'm never going to make my, my house payment, I can't make my car payment, things are never going well, then you walk out into the world and let's say, you know, you pass Dunkin' Donuts and you say, well, I may as well go in and have a cup of coffee and a couple of donuts because that money's not going to make any difference because I'm not going to make my payment anyway. You're just getting yourself deeper and deeper in debt. But if you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, today I know that you're going to help me through this day without wasting any money or you're going to bring some wonderful good thing into my life that's going to help me today. You, you walk out of the house with a different attitude. You walk out of the house thinking there's hope. There's hope because I have faith. So I'm not going to walk past, I'm going to walk past that Dunkin' Donuts or whatever donut shop you might uh, frequent. And um, I'm going to keep that 2 or $3 in my pocket because I'm working towards something that God's going to help me with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, it sure does. Well, this is You're- Marnie Sleberg visiting today with Yvonne Conte of Day of Joy Org. We're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about some more reasons why you need to speak as if it already were. We'll be right back. WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. A college diploma can double your income potential, but take three to five years, over $30,000 to acquire. If you have six hours, yep, just six hours, you can increase your earning potential, success rate, and delight in life. 
Check out the success principles and intensive coach certification program today at womenspeakers.com. Even just one aha moment can change the direction of your life and future. Look into the Success Principles Intensive Code Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com under the training tab. Do you have a book in you? Do you know what to do? Check out the author training program at womenspeakers.com. You'll meet editors, publishers, agents, and publicists whose instruction will take you from thinking to action and from manuscripts to book ASAP. The training also includes the eversion of the how-to guide, Idea to Amazon, in 14 days. Don't wait any longer. Get that book out of your head and into the hands of the readers who need it now. Learn how in the author training section at www.womenspeakers.com. Well, hi, it's Marnie Swedberg. Welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And our guest today, Yvonne Conte of Day of Joy Org, is uh, sharing with us how to overcome worry. Yvonne, before the break, we were going through the three reasons you need to speak as if it already were. So why don't you just recap that for us and take us a little okay. deeper. Well, the first one is to to live your life with an attitude of faith. And I think, you know, when we do that, God, God's going to do wonderful things for us. He has great plans for us. But he's not going to do it for us if we don't have faith that he will. You know, you have to have that first. If you remember the, I'm so bad at quoting scripture, but at one point there was a man at the, at the water's edge and he couldn't walk. And, he, and Jesus walked over and touched him and said, do you believe that I can heal you? And he said, yes, I do believe. And he said, well, then get up and walk. You have to believe first before, um, before things happen in your life. So uh, you speak as if it already is because you have faith that it will be the way that you want it to be. And the second mm-hmm. one is you're giving yourself instructions. You're giving your brain instructions. So you have to use faith-filled positive affirmations. And there are things like, simple things like, you know, I can do all things through Christ. I'm a woman of God. I'm strong. I'm happy. Whatever it is you want to be in your life, for instance, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in my 20s. I'm now 64 years old. And for decades, I was taking high-powered medication and I'd been to many specialists who all agreed through my blood tests and so forth that I had rheumatoid arthritis. Well, I kept going up for prayer, and I started, I wrote positive affirmations that say, I am healthy from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet. And every morning and every night, I repeated these positive affirmations. The Lord made me healthy and strong, and this is the way he wants me to be. He wants me to live my life healthy and strong. I walk without pain, blah, blah, blah. So I said those every morning and every night. Do you know that I went in for uh, a checkup and I told my doctor I wanted to get off my medication? And she said, oh, Yvonne, you, you have rheumatoid arthritis. It's a debilitating disease. You will, It's incurable. She took blood tests and x-rays and found that there was not one trace of evidence that I had mm. rheumatoid arthritis. So I think God was waiting for me to really believe that he could cure me. Because for years I was, you know, saying, oh, I I wish God would take this pain away from me. I could do so much more for him if he would just take this pain away from me. But I didn't start really believing that he could. And I, you know, I don't want to sound like a, you know, a faithless person, but even though I loved the Lord and even though I knew Jesus, when you're carrying around that kind of pain, 
it's just very difficult to believe that it can go away. Oh, right. That he, right. It's, it's difficult to believe that he's going to pre, pre, do that miracle on you because who are you, you know? And that's how I was feeling. Like there's many people with cancer. Surely he'll, he'll cure them before he'll cure me. But once I started saying out loud, I am walking in, like I would be walking in pain in reality. But I would say every step I take is healthy and clean and clear and I feel great. And somehow it just all turned around and I no longer take anything. Once in a while I might take an aspirin, but at my age, that's normal. <laughs> so you have to give uh, faith-filled positive affirmations to your brain. That's the second um, thing. And the third reason that I think it's important to speak as if it already were the way you want it to be is that, you know, faith-filled words like that, like, you know, I am anointed by God, I have gifts, I have talents, I'm a good person, whatever you want to believe in your life, they bring you to the life that God wants you to have. Whereas fear-filled words like, I can never uh, get out of debt. I, I'll never find a man. I can't get a good job. Those are all negative, fear-filled words, and they will defeat you. So mm. the three specific reason is walk with an attitude of faith, give yourself positive instructions to your brain, and uh, realize that faith-filled words are going to bring you to the life God has planned for you, while fear-filled words will absolutely defeat you. So, I and, and I think it. some, yeah, sometimes people feel funny saying things like, I can do all things through Christ and I'm coming out of this, I'm prosperous, I'm full of joy, I'm healthy. They feel weird saying that because there's a, there was an old Saturday Night Live thing where there was a motivational speaker who <laughs> lived down by the river in a, in a trailer or something, I forget what it was, but, um, it, it, it's 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 so works. That's why it's so important. It works. So if you wake up in the morning and I am anointed by God, how can mm. anything bad happen to me when I'm anointed by God? Thank you, Father, that you called me to be the head and not the tail. You know, I, I, I am above and not beneath. I, I lend money. I don't borrow money. And whatever I touch turns prosperous. You know, um, I used to have that on my computer when I first started my business that, you know, I, I don't, I don't borrow money. I lend money and that's, it's biblical and whatever I put my hand to will prosper. I had that on my computer. I looked at it every single day and boy, the Lord just made my business boom and it works. If you think negative things, you're going to have a negative life. If you think positive things, your life will change. And I just, I wish I could give that gift to people who worry. You know, if, if, if there's people out there who have a real problem with worry and stress, read Matthew. The book of Matthew talks about worry and stress, where Jesus says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And he even says, of course not. So, I mean, that's a good question to ask people when they are worried and stressed out. Yeah, what's it helping? Yep. Yeah. You know, I think about I think about turning a a radio dial to get you know you you search for a new station. You don't want to listen to what's on, so you you know you plus, plus uh, scan or search or 
and it goes through until it finds a station that you like better. Well, yeah, that is kind of what we're doing with our thoughts. We're actually locking in on a station, and that's exactly where we're going to be until we change the station. <laughs> and you know, the, the, you are so uh, right. That's a perfect example. I I like how I like how you're talking about how you're talking about the reasons to do it though. The main reason is because fear and worry oppose God. So even if you're going through a terrible situation, like for example, you with your um, pain, mm-hmm. you were not in a good situation when you believed no. for a better situation. You had to believe in spite of the circumstances, in spite of all the evidence to prove otherwise. You had to choose something different, and that's what faith is. I one day was yes. so overwhelmed, and I walked into my store, and we have a, a pastor who works for us part-time. And um, I walked into the store. Karen was behind the counter, and I said, Karen, it is true, right, that faith isn't faith unless you, it's, you can't see Right, that's the only way faith can be faith, right? Is if you can't see how it could work out, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can already see it, then it's not really faith, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's right, exactly that's right. right, yeah. But it feels really bad in that situation. It feels really bad. So how do we get past? You know, and I, I guess a, a phrase that I like to use is that it feels irresponsible not to worry. Like a responsible mother mm. would worry about her children. You know, yeah. an irresponsible mother is the one who's going to have faith in God and not really get all worked up about it. So how do we move from this worry then to, to really a life, to living, to enjoying it? Well, first of all, I mean, I have two children and I have four grandchildren. I wouldn't say that I worry about them, but I'm certainly concerned about them. And I certainly want the best for their lives. So a, a, a good mom or a good granny will pray for her children, be a good example for her children, um, you know, try to guide them and lead them in the right direction. But I think the rest of it is up to God. Uh, you know, you really, we don't have control over other people, but we do have control over the way that we think. And that's why this is so important, because the way you think is going to be the example for your children and grandchildren. So if you really right. want them to be uh, live a great life, then you need to teach them that worry and and, uh, stress is not a good thing. I mean, I think essentially we all want to have victory over over worry and stress and anger and anxiety and doubt and fear and all of those negative things because that's just not the way God wants us to live. And I think maybe the greatest thing we can stress is that get in the Bible. If you live a fear-filled life, Get in the Bible, because the more you know the word, the more you have something to rely on when you're having uh, worry or doubts about what's going on with your children or whatever it might be. And, and I also think you need to be aware that uh, that, that negativity come, does not come from God. I even think about the stories in the Bible. You know, my husband right now is reading in Jeremiah, which is a, Terrible, terrible story. And then I think of Job and, you know, different stories in the Bible like that. But the the question is where the focus is, right? Do you focus on the pain that the person experienced in the moment or do you focus on what God was doing through their life? Because that was the good that came out of the negative moment. And even when we have times that are purely negative, that you can't even see one bit of good in that moment, we know that God is good. And as long as God mm-hmm. is part of it, 
then it mm-hmm. will be used for good as long as we put our faith in the God who wants to bring good out of it. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Yvonne Conte of dayofjoy.org. We're going to come right back and talk about five ways to change the way you think. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or Freedom Members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're sharing the hour today with Yvonne Conte of dayofjoy.org, talking about how to overcome war. Yvonne, let's talk about five ways to change the way we think. So we've already kind of established that we have some bad thinking in our going on in our heads mm-hmm. uh, when we deal with stuff that's unclear to us or painful. Um, so what do we do specifically? What do we do to help change that? I think, like I said uh, earlier, the first thing you do if you want to change the way you think is to pay attention to the way you think. Um, According to Scripture, the way that our life is right now in this very moment, uh, if you look at Proverbs 23, um, it it says financially, relationships, health, whatever it is, has everything to do with the way we think. So start paying attention to the way you think, and then you can start to change it. The second thing is, Once you have in your mind, oh, my goodness, look at how I'm thinking so negative, we have to change that habit because really it's just a habit. People get in the habit of thinking in a negative way. And so the way that I change my habits, um, I I have a terrible habit of being um, pretty rude in my car to myself, like I'll say bad things in the car. (laughs) And so I talk back to myself because I want to change that habit. So if I'm in the car and somebody cuts me off, I might say out loud in my car by myself, are you crazy? What did you do, you know? And then I'll say, I'm sorry, Lord. That's not the way you want me to talk. What I will say is that that poor person was not paying attention, and thank goodness I was. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah, and I, I, just, I just, 
Yeah, habits you just are. Talk to yourself. Habits are yeah. huge. Habits are huge. I, I spend a lot of time working on habits with people because I feel like yeah. this is an area where um, we can really beat ourselves up. But let's say that you've been doing that since you were 16. Every time mm-hmm. somebody did that, and now you decide at you know 60 or whatever that you're going to change this habit. Well, you've got thousands, thousands of habit strands going on there. It's not just going to change overnight, but exactly um, so where you take a big bunch of pasta, of raw pasta noodles, okay? Just take a humongous fistful, and you try to break that fistful, and you can't. But as you're as you're holding it like that, a bus is drop, dropping out the bottom because you can't even get your hand all the way around it. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you get it down to a manageable size, which happens to be about 30 strands. And you can just mm-hmm. snap that right in half. And as you keep chunking away at your habit, you're going to get over huh. it. And God is aware that he built our mind like that. So don't feel guilt. When you identify maybe worry as a habit or just as a habit, we shouldn't uh-huh. let Satan, tell us what a big loser we are that we can't just fix it right away and be all cured of it. Instead, Mm -hmm. each opportunity is a chance for us to get closer to Jesus as we recognize our need for him and how he Mm built our minds so amazingly to have all these habits that we love and the ones that we have to break. And habits are a wonderful thing, but they can really mess us up. So I love that change the negative habit, and it it might take a while. That's okay. Exactly. And the best way, the way that I think you, you do it best is when you talk to yourself. When you start to say something negative, then out loud reverse it and say something positive. And, and you kind of teach yourself every time that you need to be talking in a positive way. Um, Romans twelve two says we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, for me, that just means change the way you're thinking. So I, I really think... Uh, you know, it's all biblical, but, I, you know, we, we can be in the biggest battle of our life and still be filled with peace and victory. He promised us right. that. So if we just have faith and if we, if we read the Bible and scan what God promises us, it's so much easier to live your life without worry. But, you know, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen with negative thoughts because Jesus also said, you know, um, I think it's in John, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He expects us to live a great, beautiful life. But it's not going to happen if we don't believe that, if we don't have faith in that. So the third one is to develop powerful, Christ-like thoughts. And you can't do that unless you read the Bible and understand the way Jesus thinks. Um, you know, just kind of, as you read your Bible, you you look at the things that Jesus says, and the thing you know he he spoke to the wind and made it stop, and he gave us that power. So we we are able to speak the way that Jesus did in the Bible, and and change the things that happen in our life. Um, the Bible warns us all the time to guard our minds. So start looking at at uh, your life through eyes of faith, and follow his lead and walk in his will. The fourth one is to be aware of the evil one's tricks. And this, I think, is the most important because I don't think people understand that when they are thinking in a negative way and worrying, that that is exactly what the devil wants us to do. Mm. In Corinthians, um, I think it's Second Corinthians says, you know, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. 
And I know that his two greatest devices, I think, are worry and reasoning. And here's a good example. I have a sister that has diabetes, and she's lost her eyesight. And she was home uh, alone with her dog one time, and she sees just a little bit, like she can see shapes. That's about it. And the dog was barking, and she looked down the stairs, and what she thought she saw was a pile that the dog had left in the house. And she said, you know, he's never done this in the house, so I, I, I made him go outside, and I was so upset. But I couldn't clean it up because I couldn't see good, and I would have made a mess. So I called my husband to come home from work to clean up the dog's mess because the stink was really um, was making me sick. And she said, I had the windows open, I had the fans going, but the stink of what the dog left in the, on the floor was making me sick, and I couldn't eat, and I had already taken my insulin. So this was important. It, it, it mattered life and death for her. So he comes home from work, and he sees that the dog chewed up a black rubber hose, and that's what was on the floor. But she thought it was something else. And her mind created an odor that wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if the devil can control and manipulate how we think, he'll be able to control and manipulate our entire life if we let him. But well, how I we remember think, the first time. Yeah. yeah I, re- I remember the first time that I came to understand um, the power of the mind like that was I read a, oh. a research study where they had given um, cancer patients, one group of them had actual chemo, the other had placebo. And all of them, their hair fell out. Even the people mm-hmm. that had the placebo, mm-hmm. they did it too. And it's yes. the same thinking. It is our faith in what we think is going to happen that is actually more powerful than what could happen. Um, it, it's our choice. It's our choice. You were going to say something there about about the thought process. About what? Oh, I interrupted you earlier about the thought process. The thought that, process. The being aware of the evil, the being aware of the evil one's tricks and how our thoughts yes, affect us because, so much. You know, you there's talk in the Bible about knocking down the devil's stronghold, and I think when it comes to the way he gets us to think. Because when we start thinking the way the devil wants us to think, that's when we start messing up in our life big time. I, I want to read mm-hmm. you one thing out of Second uh, Corinthians that I think is it's really so important. Second Corinthians, if people have their Bible, it's uh, 10, um, 4 through 4 and 5. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not merely worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's stronghold. And with these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. Now, what's he talking about when he says knock down the devil's stronghold? That's just an area where we're kind of held in bondage due to the way that we think in a negative way. Like if, if people are looking for work and they say, oh, no one's hiring. Those are, those are negative strongholds, and, and I think that comes directly from the devil, trying to make us think we can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to find uh, a good home to live in. I can't sleep. You ever heard people that have problems sleeping and they're always talking about the fact that they can't sleep? 
Yeah. You know, and, and that that just perpetuates the fact that they can't sleep because they're constantly putting it in their minds. So I think if we knew God's word, we can start changing the way that we think so that we change those um, actions in our day and those actions change the way we live our life. And so the fifth uh, thing is to use the name of Jesus and exercise our authority to distort the works of the devil. We change our habits of thought, we change our actions in our life, and change the results so that we can live the life that God created us to live. He, he, he wants us to live a good life. He, he said, I'll give you the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom. But he said, whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. We can bind the enemy by boldly proclaiming God's word. So if you know, you can't do it unless you know God's word, though, right? Right. So you, yep. you, have to, you have to get in the Bible. And I, I want to be able to give people some things that they can say every day that it, it's God's weapons. These are the weapons we can use. In Romans 8, 2, it says, all things work together for my good because I love the Lord. When you speak that out loud, even though you have a bad thing happen, you're saying in faith-filled words, I know this is going to work out. You know, I strip off the old nature. I put on the new. That's Ephesians 4.22. Um, I, I'm constantly, this is uh, Ephesians 4.23, I'm constantly renewed by the spirit of my mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. That's a beautiful thing to say every morning. Um, another one is Colossians uh, 3.2. I set my mind on things which are above, positive things of God. You could find a ton of things in the Bible. I'm sure you have some favorites of your own. But they are really positive affirmations that come right from the Bible to help us live a positive life. And use the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, no weapons formed against me will prosper. I think that's a fantastic one. (laughs) You know, I have have someone in my life that uh, is not, saved, does not know Jesus. And whenever I walk into her house, I walk around the house and I say, you know, no weapon formed against this house will prosper. I bind evil from this home. You, you can say anything you say in Jesus' name, you know, uh, use, use God's word as your mouthpiece and you can shield yourself against the enemy for sure. Hmm. This is Marnie Swedberger visiting today with Yvonne Conte of dayofjoy.org. We're going to come right back and talk about specifically how to speak to demons so they will have to listen, as well as how what you think determines how you live. We'll be right back. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. 
Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis Higgs, Lisa Devere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm excited to be sharing this hour with Yvonne Conte of dayofjoy.org. We're talking about overcoming worry. And, of course, uh, Yvonne, earlier you mentioned that one of the key factors is to be aware that there is a Satan, there is an evil one, and he is bent on your being miserable. <laughs> and exactly. being outside of faith in God. I mean, he, he really mm-hmm. wants to crush your faith. I mean, that's ideally... That's the goal. If if you are already exactly in his right. family, that you have no joy, and that if you aren't in his family yet, that you never come. That that's right. the goal. So when when you're a believer, and, and and I think this in this section, we do want to talk to people who do believe in God, who do trust that Jesus Christ has paid for their mm-hmm. sins on the cross and have come to that place. But there are things the Bible teaches us about talking to demons, about about actually stepping into that sphere and taking our mm-hmm. authority in Christ. Yes. Well, I, I think look at it this way. Satan offers negative thinking to every single person. It's available to all of us, but we don't have to accept that offer. And that's, you know, you get that in your mind and start thinking, every time you think a negative thought, realize, oh, that came from evil. I want that out of my mind. So you would say something like, um, Devil, you are not welcome in my in my uh, home, or you're not welcome in my mind. I command you in the name of Jesus to flee right now. You're not welcome here. And you know it. You may feel a little weird when you first start speaking like that, but I'm telling you, it makes such a difference. You got to remember that we are supposed to be Christ-like. We are Christians. We are supposed to be Christ-like, and. And Jesus spoke to the wind, he spoke to the sea, he spoke to the devil, and they were obedient to him. And then he gave us that power, that we have the power to speak to these demons in the same way. You know, you're not welcome here. Get out of this house. Be gone in the name of Jesus. I mean, that's, you've got to operate in a spirit of faith and, and, and talk like Jesus. And I, I think I think it's just so so critical to, to understand what that name of Jesus means. So name of Jesus, okay, you can't just say, um, I want a billion dollars in the name of Jesus. So what you what you wanna do though is you, you're actually literally partnering with God and Jesus yes. and the Holy Spirit and you're saying, Whatever you want for me, God, is what I want in the name and on the basis of Jesus, what Jesus did for me on the cross. I mean that's that's what we're doing. We're actually coming into a spirit of unity with what yeah. God has already said. Yeah. I, I call it, for me, I like to consider, I like to think about a table full of gifts. Okay, so I have this picture of this table full of presents, like at a wedding or something, just this heaping high table full of presents that God has set out for me. And that it's really just my choice 
whether I'm going to get them or not. He's already prepared them for me. I can have them or I could have what Satan's offering. That's how I see it. And those are my only two choices. And so when I say, no, I'm not going to go there in the name of Jesus, I'm going over here, it's not Mm -hmm. to develop my own gift table with my own (laughs) selfish-centered things on it. It's just to receive what God has already assigned to my account. And it's my job to do that. So talk talk about that for just a moment. So why doesn't God just give us what he put on our, our on my table. Why why can't I just have it without faith, without making this effort? Well, we have, of course, free will. So if he were just to give us everything good and not and there would never be any uh, bad choices out there, you know what fun is that? <laughs> he wants us to have faith in him so that we make the right choices. So. Um, you know, it's, I, it's a it's the development it's the development of the faith relationship. I would say when when parents have a baby, uh, the goal of the parent is to develop independence in the child to the point when they hit eighteen or adulthood, they are ready to go out and be an independent adult. From God's perspective, mm-hmm. it's exactly the opposite. We're born independent of God, and the goal is to become more and more dependent on him so that we don't make any move without checking with him. You know, so it's like it's kind of counterintuitive because he wants us to be so dependent on him, and our whole lives everybody taught us to be independent. And so we've got this strong drive to just do it ourselves, do it our way, do it without him. But his goal is that we learn total dependence, and much of the training tool that he has the best one that he has to use is in times of difficulty or trial. Then we have this choice. Do we go with God or do we go against God? Well, you know, I want to speak to that for a minute because I don't want people to think that all they have to do is lay back and have faith in God and everything in their life is going to turn around. Because I think sometimes God gives us opportunities that help us to correct things in our life. But if we don't get up and do those things that he wants us to do, you know, things might not change. Because I I have heard people that, you know, they they feel like, oh, if I just have faith in God, he's going to take care of my finances. But they don't go out and try to find work or they don't or they miss work all the time or something. You know, that's not going to work. So common sense, (laughs) of of course, comes into play. There's a. There's a little joke. There's a joke about the guy who's sitting on the top of the mountain and he can't get down. And so he prays, God, can you just please, you know, get me off this mountain? And um, pretty soon, uh, you know, another hiker comes and he says, well, why don't you come with me? I can help you down this way. And the guy's like, yeah. no, that's okay. You know, yeah. and he passes up the helicopter and he passes up the other thing. And finally he's like, God, why aren't you helping me? And God's like, I've been helping you all day long. Exactly. It is that yeah. way, and it isn't that we are doing it. It's that we're recognizing that God often uses, or almost always, I mean, there's there's miraculous interventions where we would say that he totally didn't use something that was normal, but almost always, like in changing the water to the wine, he's using normal-looking things, servants yeah. and water jugs and water, you know, and then he turns it yeah. to wine. But they still had to fill it up. They had to dump it over and taste some. You know, I mean, they, exactly. had, a, they had a part there, too. You know, it isn't mm-hmm. just God doing it and handing it to us. It's our partnership exactly. with him. Which, doesn't God just blow your mind, Yvonne, that the God of the universe would want to partner with you, with me? Uh, it just takes you my know, breath it, away. It, it, 
it's so hard. Honestly, I wake up in the morning and I just am so grateful and so humbled by the fact that God will use me. Of all the people in the world, you know, I think I'm like the least, the least one he would ever pick. And yet, you know, I, I, I feel like every day I have an opportunity to work for Jesus and I'm so grateful. I, I never mm. take it for granted at all. Um, but I, as have far this, as, I have this. Go ahead. I, I have the one thing I want to ask our listeners, and I know they can't answer us, but, you know, if Jesus came down here and said, every single thing that you say, everything that comes out of your mouth is going to come true today, I'm going to grant you this wish that everything you say is going to come true. Mm. Well, then would you get up from your desk at work and say, oh, yeah, yeah, my back is killing me? No, because you wouldn't want that to come true, right? Or would you push away from the lunch lunch table and say, eh, everything I eat turns to fat? No, you're not going to say that because you don't want that to happen. So be aware of what you say and don't say things that you don't want to happen. If you can do that one thing, it's worth our time here today. Hmm. That that you is know? a great exercise. I've never really heard it said quite like that, and, and I just love it because it is yeah. so true. It's so true. And we all I have a, we, yep, friend who um, uh, he's, they've passed on now to be with Jesus, but their house burned down on Christmas Eve one year, oh. burned to the ground. Oh and, um, yeah, it was just so, so sad. And um, anyway, he said to me later, he said, you know what's funny, Marnie, he said, is that the only things that we have now are the things that we had given away. And what he meant was that through the years when people would come to their home, they were so generous and they would give them furniture or uh, pictures off the wall or a teacup or, you know, whatever. They would just give them gifts. And after their house burned down, guess what they got back? (laughs) They got back. (laughs) People, people heard that they had lost everything, and they said, well, do you remember that picture you gave me? Would you like it back? Would you like that Aww. couch back? Would you like I that bed that's... back? And isn't that an awesome story? And that, that's to fantastic. me, typifies to me how we're supposed to be living just with such an open heart, with such an open hand, just enjoying everything. And I love your phrase, just remember, every what if everything you said today was going to come to pass and speak that yes. way? For the glory of God, I love that. Well, you would absolutely change the things you say if that were true. You know, if you got it would absolutely say, hey, change things whatever. in your surroundings. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you would be like changing you your pull, channel. <laughs> yeah, like when you pull into the parking lot, oh, I'm never going to find a parking space. But people do that. And so I'll tell you, I, I drive into a parking lot and I say, Lord, I know you're going to get me a good spot up, and I'm telling you every time he does. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> so let's just talk oh. for like two minutes about why, okay. why what you think, why does what you think determine how you live? Because it's just like a computer, Marnie. It really is. Whatever you put in your mind is what comes out your mouth and what comes out your mouth it, it's like a circle it's a direction for your mind so whatever you're thinking about is what constitutes the actions that you take and those actions determine how you live your life so it's just so important the way that you think is so crucial to the kind of life that you live 
if there's anybody out there now that is dealing with depression or dealing with loneliness or any of those things, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper tonight and write some positive statements about your life, even if they're not already true, and especially if they're not already true. And just repeat them every day, a couple times a day, for maybe, uh, well, they say 21 days makes a difference, but we have God on our side. So even if you just did it for a week, <laughs> if you wrote, you know, if you wrote down um, just some positive things on a piece of paper, like I am a Christ-centered thinker, so the thoughts that come into my mind are coming from Christ. And then maybe within five, six, seven days, you'll start to be thinking more like a Christ-centered thinker. I would love to hear from people who try this and see how it works for them. Mm. But yeah, I really do beautiful. think that, you know, when when you start doing that, oh, my gosh, God shows up big time. And he shows you every single day with every step that you take that he's the guy that's in charge. Mm. I love you know, that. And, you know, there it's one you know, that everything you say today is going to come to pass that that concept. Mm-hmm. That another one another one is, is this what I would be saying if I could see Jesus right in front of me right now? Would I really honestly be saying this to him? Oh, exactly. uh, nothing is ever working out for me. This this mm-hmm. can't possibly turn out for good. You know, really yeah. if you saw God right now in person in the flesh, would you say that? And you could, mm-hmm. it's just a pretty easy litmus test to find out if you're on track with godly thinking or not. Yvonne, the hour has Blown by. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. What great content you brought to us right. today. Well, just remember, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Impossible. Mm. Mm. Well, you guys want to go over and check out Yvonne's website, dayofjoy.org. She's the coordinator and the uh, director of this annual Day of Joy Women's Conference, dayofjoy.org. And, uh, again, our guest today has been Yvonne Conte. You spell her name Y-V-O-N-N-E-C-O-N-T-E, discussing overcoming worry. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, I'll see you over at marty.com. Bye-bye for now. 